The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the first chapter, verses 18 through 25. Glory to you, O Lord. The Gospel reading tonight is taken from the book of St. Matthew, chapter 1, verses 18 through 25, and can be found on page 1497 in your pew Bible. Matthew 1, 18 through 25. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Ken, you kind of took me back in the readings tonight with your giving of context in fact, I actually wrote it into my sermon, so it's kind of funny how the Spirit moves uh, us. But back in seminary, one of my professors was, uh, in a kind way of explaining him, a real driver. And when he spoke about the importance of context when reading the Scriptures, he forced it. He wanted us to know and to be able to explain it. He would hammer us with the following, that there is the context of the immediate text, there is the context of the entire Scripture, and then there is the context of the culture. And my personality is such that I needed to put it into a, a neat and tidy kind of explanation, so I'll give that to you. It makes sense to me. 
all right, that it is helpful for us to understand the meaning of Scripture today if we understand what the historical scriptural account, the actual history, what it meant to the people of that day, or even shorter, in order for, for it, Scripture, to make sense to us now, we need to know what it meant to them then. Okay? However, in tonight's reading, the circumstances that face Joseph, it is a universal circumstance within humanity. What I mean by that is that we don't need a lot of cultural context to empathize with Joseph. Husbands and wives in every culture, they know how they would feel if they thought that their spouses were unfaithful. Cultural context will help us in the way which, will help us to understand when we see the way in which the culture at the time of Joseph and Mary dealt with this very situation. How did they deal with infidelity? Joseph and Mary were betrothed, and that means they were married. They were husband and wife, but they were not yet living together, and they had not yet had an intimate relationship. The truth is that Mary was about to have a baby, let that sink in for a moment. Mary was about to have a baby, and Joseph knew for a fact that he was not the father. Now, it is likely that Mary tried to explain that the baby was of the Holy Spirit that the baby was the fulfillment of the prophesied coming of the Messiah. And I can imagine that Mary insisted that she had not been unfaithful to Joseph. But such words are they're really hard to believe under the circumstances. What would you do? If you were Joseph, what, how would you respond to this news? Now, the law of Moses was fairly strict. This comes from Deuteronomy. It says, if there is a betrothed virgin and a man meets her in the city and he lies with her, then you shall bring them both out to the gate of that city and you shall stone them to death with stones. The young woman, because she did not cry for help, though she was in the city, and the, the evil from your midst. That's Deuteronomy chapter 22, verses 23 and 24. Joseph had the right to force Mary 
to tell him who the father was. And he had the right to have them both stoned to death. But instead, we heard that her husband Joseph, being a just man and not willing to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. That's Matthew 1.19. This is the response of a man who still loves, loved his wife. But he realized that they could not be together. He would quietly dissolve the marriage, and then the two of them would simply just go their separate ways. That was his plan. Joseph is what every Christian should be. That is to say, in regards to exposing the sins of others. In his explanation of the commandment against being false witnesses, Luther says this. Luther says that not only should we avoid lying, but we should also explain things in the kindest way. In broadcasting the misdeeds of others, we bring condemnation upon ourselves. And Joseph determined to do what was right in the kindest possible way for his Mary. And I can only imagine how hard it was for him to fall asleep that night. And regardless of what we would expect, the Bible says he did indeed sleep because it tells us that he had a dream. And an angel came to him in that dream. The angel told Joseph that Mary was not crazy. She wasn't lying. The child growing within her was indeed from the Holy Spirit. He was indeed the promised one, the Messiah. The angel even told Joseph to name the child Jesus, a name that means the Lord saves. The Holy Spirit then inspired Matthew to remind his reader and his hearer tonight that this was the fulfillment of the prophecy, the prophecy of the Old Testament in tonight's reading, that all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, it says, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Matthew 1, 23 says, When Joseph woke up, he acted on this new information. And when Joseph woke up from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to the son, and he called his name Jesus. Now the virgin birth was a hardship on everyone. The community at large, the community would not understand that this was the working of the Holy Spirit. 
The community would accuse both Mary and Joseph of all kinds of sin. And even 30 years later, when Jesus, during his ministry, his opponents would try to discredit that ministry by claiming that he was illegitimate. The virgin birth was a real burden. And at the same time, the virgin birth was necessary. It was necessary because the person of Christ is both God and man. Jesus Christ is true God, begotten of the Father, not made. He's also true, true man, born of the Virgin Mary. And if Jesus had been conceived in the good old-fashioned way, the normal way, he would be a mere man and nothing else. His conception by the Holy Spirit in the womb of the Virgin Mary points to his divine father and his human mother. Jesus Christ is one person with both a divine and a human nature. This dual nature of Christ is essential for our salvation. Christ must be true man in order to take our place under the law and fulfill it perfectly. He must also be true man in order to submit the Good Friday cruelty of shame, of suffering, and of death. Christ must also be God in order to fulfill the law to perfection. He must be God so that his suffering and death would be sufficient redemption. Not just for one person, but for all of humanity. He must be God in order to overcome death and the devil for us. Jesus is the only one who is both divine and human. And therefore, he is the only one who is a Savior, our Savior. Now, since it was necessary for Christ to have God as Father and Mary as Mother, then the virgin birth is also necessary. This meant that it was necessary for Jesus and for Mary and for Joseph to bear the burden of their culture's unjust condemnation. Today's gospel shows us how God gave Joseph the strength and the courage to endure this special burden. God and his word came to Joseph through the mouth of an angel so that Joseph was now able to take up his special vocation as guardian to Jesus and as husband to Mary. Now in the creed, we confess, conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. 
And too often we say those words kind of like in autopilot. We don't think about what these words really mean. But behind these words and in the cultural context at the time, what it almost divorced Mary. Both Joseph and Mary had to endure condemnation of the community. Jesus had to endure accusations that his ministry was null and void because his parentage was doubtful. And at the same time, these words are necessary for our salvation. These words tell us that Jesus is both God and man. Now listen to this as we wrap it up. Because Jesus is both God and man, when Jesus died, God died. Because Jesus is both God and man, his death paid for the sins of the entire world. Because Jesus is both God and man, he rose from the dead and he ascended into heaven. Because Jesus is both God and man, a human being rules both heaven and earth. Because Jesus is both God and man, his human body and blood are available on the altars everywhere at the same time for us, for us Christians to eat and to drink. The Son of God took on our human flesh so that we may be his own and live under him in his kingdom. As we read today's gospel, it is a good thing to study Joseph as an example of Christians and the struggle to protect the reputation of others. However, the more important teaching of this reading, in this reading, is that Jesus must be conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin because he is both God and man. As only the one who is 100% God and 100% man, he is the only one, the only one, who is qualified to redeem us from our sins so that God can declare us righteous, our sins forgiven for his sake. This, this is the gift that Jesus offers to you now as you hear his word. In the name of Jesus, amen.